Before God does anything, he always prepares us. He always prepares us for his coming. He prepares us with events. He prepares us with various signs and wonders. God is always preparing. That's what Advent is about. And it's about a preparation time for the coming of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ always comes anew in our hearts at every Christmas. Like, last Christmas doesn't have to be this Christmas. And the Christmas before doesn't have to be this Christmas. God always wants to do something new in our hearts. But we have to prepare for that. If we say, ah, you know, Christmas comes, ah, it's the same thing. Well, did you prepare? Did you prepare? Did you pray? Did you meditate? Did you do spiritual things or did you get caught up in just the material things? And the material things are good, but we cannot let them overcome the spiritual of what the season is about. As we have the expression, Jesus is the reason for the season. And we hear that, but sometimes many people don't follow it. How many people acknowledge that Jesus is the reason for the season, that Jesus is in the center? Or are gifts, Christmas trees, other things in the center? And we put Jesus on the side. And it should be reversed. Jesus should be in the center. Everything else should surround it. And for me, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the type, I love Christmas presents. I love Christmas. Christmas is great. I love all the decorations. We just decorated our tree last night. It was great putting on the lights and ornaments and everything. But Jesus has to still be in the center of our lives. If he is in the center, then everything else has its meaning. And what we did last night, it, it was really great. We, we turned off all the lights, and we just had the Christmas tree, and we had the lights over the mantle. And then Father Andy started playing Christmas songs on his phone. They were real Christmas, not like jingle bells and, you know, like holy Christmas songs. And it was so great, we were just sitting there in silence and looking at the lights and listening. It's as if the angels were singing to us, reminding us of the reason for the season. And so we have these events, and it's always good to recall. It, the church is always telling us, remember, remember. This word, remember. Remember, recall. You know, the, the, the memory. We, we even do that in the Eucharist. It's always remember. Remember the good things that the Lord has done for you. <clears throat> Even the name Zechariah in Hebrew means remember. The word Elizabeth in Hebrew means oath. So if you put them together, Zechariah and Elizabeth, remembers it's remember the oath. Remember the oath that God has given to us. Now, what's been happening in the New Testament and the readings of what we've been reading. I'd like to give you maybe a synopsis up until the reading today. And so first you have the angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah. And when Zechariah is in the temple, he's a priest and he's worshiping with incense. And so it's the angel Gabriel comes to him and announces 
that his wife, who was barren for many years, <coughs> will now have a child. And Zechariah and Elizabeth are old, but they're righteous people. It's not like they're bad people. They're good people. They're righteous. It even says that they're righteous people. But because of so many years of maybe discouragement in Zechariah's life, of not having a child, because that, that was seen as a disgrace, like you did something wrong against God. And so when the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah that you're going to have a child, Zechariah, by that time in his life, it's like he had lost faith. And he did not believe the angel Gabriel. He did not believe him. He said, like, I'm old, you know, a child, like, I'm thinking about death, not children. Think about it. If, like, you're in your 70s, 80s, 90s, you're not thinking about having children. So he, he had lost some faith. And because of that, he was mute. Because he didn't listen, his mouth was closed. And his mouth was closed for nine months. Can you imagine not speaking for nine months? Some people, you know, they, they, they got to talk, 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 talk. And it's just like, shut up. You know, listen, you got to listen to God. You can't just be jabbering all the time. Some people are, can you imagine? I mean, it's tough enough trying to be silent for a day. Try to go on a silent retreat for a day. But then do that for nine months. That was Zechariah. The only way he could communicate was to write things down. And so he, his mouth was closed for nine months. He was mute for nine months for not believing in God's word. And then Luke takes us to another scene. This time it's Nazareth. And so you have the same angel, the angel Gabriel, coming to Mary. And the angel Gabriel says to Mary that she would conceive and bear a son and to name him Jesus, but that she will remain as a virgin, the first virgin mother in the history of the world and the only virgin mother in the history of the world. And so the angel Gabriel, and so Mary says, how will this happen? And the angel Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and the power of the Most High will come upon you. And the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And then, and then Mary believes in the word of the angel Gabriel. And her mouth is open and she says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And then what does Mary do immediately after that? Angel Gabriel tells her that her cousin Elizabeth had, has conceived a child in her old age. Nothing is impossible for God and that she's six months pregnant. So Mary immediately in haste gets up and she travels to the hill country of Judea. And who know, I don't know how many miles it is, but she saddled her donkey, that was her car at the time. She gets on her donkey and she goes to the hill country of Judea. And she visits Elizabeth and when they visit, there's great, you always see in Luke, there's great rejoicing. There's great joy. And so at the sound of Mary's greeting, what does Mary say to Elizabeth? Shalom. What would be in Hebrew greeting? Shalom, peace. And Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting. 
the Holy Spirit comes down upon her and upon her child, and the child leaps in her womb for joy. And then, and then Elizabeth, she exclaims, cries out, and joy, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. How does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment that your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy, danced. And so there's great rejoicing. And so what does Mary do? Mary stays with Elizabeth for the next three months, it says. Why does Mary stay with Elizabeth for the next three months? Because Elizabeth was six months pregnant. So do your math. So when is John the Baptist going to be born? Nine months. So I, this is my own belief. I believe that Mary was acting as the midwife for Elizabeth. That Mary was to help Elizabeth give birth. Why is that? Why is that? Because we come up to the gospel passage today where Elizabeth has her child and she gives birth to a son. Remember, Elizabeth is old. We don't know how old she is. Maybe she's like 70s, 80s. She's old. And so Mary is there helping out an elderly woman giving birth. It's hard enough for a woman to give birth. That much I know about birth. I've never given birth, but I know it's a difficult thing to do for a woman, for a young woman. Imagine an elderly woman giving birth. And so Mary is there helping her to give birth. And amazingly, Elizabeth at her old age gives birth. And it doesn't say that they had to do a C-section or there was problems with the birth. Why? Because there's blessing. Because Mary is there and Jesus is there. Notice Mary is not only there, but Jesus is there in her womb. And so we have blessing. And so all the neighbors and relatives are there and they see the birth of the child. Maybe it's the blessed mother who holds up John the Baptist, the messenger, the prophet. And all of Elizabeth's relatives rejoice. Notice the rejoicing. You know, know what the word rejoice means? It means joy again and again and again. It means to be joyful again and again and again. And then, eight days later, so they're rejoicing. Probably they're having a party. They're having a Christmas party. They're rejoicing for eight days. And then on the eighth day, then they circumcise the child. They circumcise John. Now, circumcision, it's the first time that John the Baptist is going to give his blood for God. It will be the first time. And notice who's there. Jesus is there. He's hidden in Mary's womb. But John the Baptist is going to give his blood at eight days, and it's going to be a sign of him giving his blood at the end of his life for Christ, the forerunner. And then Zechariah is there, and he's mute. And they want to call the child Zechariah. But Elizabeth says, no, he will be called John, because she knows the prophecy from the angel. And then they ask Zechariah, what will his name be called? Now, by this time, notice that 
Zachariah, he had lost some of his faith. I would say some of his faith, because he was a good person when the angel Gabriel came. This time he gains his faith. How does he gain his faith? Think about the miracle. He doesn't believe. This time he believes the angel. But what makes the difference? What makes the difference is now Mary and Jesus are there in the midst of Zechariah, giving him faith. See that? And so now Zechariah has his faith restored, and he writes on the tablet, probably this way, maybe in Hebrew, not this way, right to left. John is his name, or maybe in Aramaic he says it. John is his name. He believes the angel. Now he follows the angel's command. He's obedient. And as soon as he says that, Jesus works his first miracle. This is the first miracle of Jesus. What happens? Jesus makes the mute speak. You see that, you see Jesus do that later. With Zechariah, he's mute. Jesus makes him speak, and Zechariah now speaks. Blessing God. The child in Mary's womb works a miracle without anyone even knowing it. The only one who knows it, or the only ones who know it, is Mary and Elizabeth. And maybe John the Baptist, but he's, he's a little infant. And they recognize the child within Mary's womb is working all these miracles, giving Zechariah his faith making the mute speak. And Zechariah, it says in a later passage, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. As Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he prophesies. And he prophesies about John the Baptist being the messenger. And he also prophesies about Jesus, the Lord the dawn from on high coming down upon us. Notice that he's prophesying and Jesus is right there. But he's there within Mary's womb. There's something more about this passage. There's a reason why I went through the events as I did. Because there is what's called typology here. Typology is to see the Old Testament in the light of the new. And the New Testament as a light for the shadow of the old. So <clears throat> what, what Old Testament passage can we give here? <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been sick for two weeks. <clears throat> I need Jesus to give me my voice here. Old Testament, you have in 2 Samuel chapter 6, you can read it, where David, King David, he brings out the Ark of the Covenant. What was the Ark of the Covenant? So the Ark of the Covenant had the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit on top of it. And inside the Ark of the Covenant, you had the presence of God. You had the Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, who do we have? Who's the new Ark of the Covenant? The Blessed Virgin Mary. Why? She's overshadowed by the Shekinah glory of the Holy Spirit. And she has within her womb the presence of God. Not just the presence of God, she has God himself in her womb. Not just the law, but the one who created the law. The Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. 
And David is so overwhelmed. He's such an awe by the Ark of the Covenant being in his midst in Jerusalem that he sends the Ark into the hill country of Judea. He sends the Ark into the house of Obedidim. For how long? Three months. And it says in the Old Testament that the house of Abedidom is blessed by God for three months. What does Mary do, the new Ark of the Covenant? She goes to the hill country of Judea, just like the old Ark. She goes to the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth, and she stays for three months, exact same time as the Ark of the Old Testament, and what happens to the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth? The house is blessed. You see all these blessings happening. You see great rejoicing. You see the blessings of God coming down upon Zechariah, giving him his faith, giving him his speech back. You see Elizabeth, that she's elderly woman, but she gives birth. And all the neighbors are rejoicing and their blessing. And then when David, when he takes the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, what does David do before the Ark? He dances. He dances and he gets all the musicians to, you know, to play their tambourines and sistrums and cymbals. And, and he gets all the musicians to play and he starts dancing and leaping up for joy before the Ark of the Covenant. And what does John the Baptist do? That David is a type of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a type of David. That John the Baptist, before the Ark of the Covenant, when Mary comes and Jesus is there, he starts leaping and dancing for joy in Elizabeth's womb before the new Ark of the Covenant. You see that? And who were the musicians? Probably the angels around them. Got out their instruments and started singing. And there was great joy and there was great blessing in Jerusalem from David. See that? And David is the forerunner of Christ. Christ is the son of David. John is the forerunner of Jesus of the Son of God coming. See all that? So there's great typology between the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's why these days should be filled with joy, should be filled with blessing. That when Jesus comes into our life, he wants to bring us blessings. He wants to bring us joy. And who, who how does Jesus come to us? The Blessed Mother brings him. So that's why we say the best way to prepare for Advent is to prepare with the Blessed Mother. And say, Blessed Mother, prepare me to receive your Son. Purify my heart. Help me to love Jesus as you love Jesus. Help me to prepare. That's why you pray the rosary during Advent. Pray the rosary, meditate on these mysteries, especially the joyful mysteries. 
you know, have an advent wreath in your house, light the candles, especially the, the violet, and then we have the, what I call the pink candle, the rose candle, which symbolizes joy, gaudate, gaudate, which means joy in Latin. Do traditions that are going to bring you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. At this time, let us meditate with the Blessed Mother. Also ask St. Joseph to help you. Ask Zachariah and Elizabeth and even John the Baptist to help to prepare your heart to receive the coming of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.